Managing your law practice can be challenging. Marketing, time management, attracting clients, and all the things besides the cases that you need to do that aren't billable. Welcome to this edition of the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. This is where you'll get the information you need from expert guests and host attorney Rodney Dowell here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast, helping attorneys improve their practice. We're glad you could listen today on Legal Talk Network. I'm Rodney Dow, Director of the Massachusetts Law Office Management Program, offering free consultations to Massachusetts attorneys to improve their business practices. You can find out more about our program at www.masslowmap.org, and you can find one of our many articles about law office management at our Mass Low Map blog, The Law Practice Advisor, which can be found at masslowmap.blogspot.com. I would also like to take this time to thank our sponsors, interyourhours.com, an online legal billing software solution, Firm Manager from LexisNexis, a leading provider of information and business solutions at myfirmmanager.com backslash LTN and SunTrust offering private wealth management solutions, which can be found at suntrust.com backslash law. And today uh, on the Unbillable Hour, we'd like to take an in-depth look at document management systems and why attorneys should consider document management products or systems. I recently had an opportunity to uh, speak about this at the ABA Tech Show and was really pleased to have as our guest today, Danny Johnson, who works in sales and marketing uh, for one of the leading providers of document management systems, NetDocuments. Danny is interested in legal technology, cloud computing, and progress. And welcome to the show, Danny. I really appreciate you uh, joining us from California. Thanks, Rodney. Um, I'm a longtime listener, so it's kind of fun to be um, on the show. Great, great. We really uh, think that this is a great opportunity for our listeners to learn about uh, some exciting products here. But can you uh, kind of just take a moment and explain to our listeners, when I say DMS or document management systems, what we mean by that? Yeah, definitely. So I think the definition or purpose of a DMS system has changed over the last few years. So traditionally, a DMS was a software application that allowed law firms to create and store documents in a systematic, standardized and organized way that made it easy to later search for and find documents. And some of the other key features are version control, concurrency control, um, which only lets one person edit at a time, and uh, modifying access rights, and some other things. And actually, for those of, if you're like me and you're a legal technology history buff, um, it was actually a company called Soft Solutions um, that pioneered the, this concept of electronic document management for law firms in the late 80s. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend using that fact to impress anyone at a party from experience. It doesn't go over well. Um, but no anyway, one knows today, what you're talking about. Yeah, the uh, the little fact, my little fun fa- history fact. Yeah, um, probably won't win you any friends, but um, <laughs> I think it's cool. But uh, today, in our mobile and social world, attorneys kind of want more. So I think document management systems are really becoming collaboration and mobility tools as well that provide the traditional benefits of a DMS, but also allow lawyers to access their documents from anywhere on any device allow them to easily and securely share and collaborate on those documents with anyone, um, no matter where you are or what you're doing. 
so you can find the document you need when you need it and use it in a productive way. Well, you, I mean, you certainly gave us a lot of information there about document management systems and information about uh, kind of where they've come and, uh, and where they were. Um, but just specifically for attorneys, and, and I know that this was kind of included in what you, you talked about a second ago, but uh, just to make it maybe even more clear, how, how do you see attorneys using document management systems to make their firms operate more efficiently? Yeah, so for an attorney, it's, I would say, more important because for them, their most valuable asset is information. And most of that information is stored in documents and emails. And so as the information a firm owns grows, it becomes more and more difficult to find and organize that information. So um, I mean, the more time you have to focus on what really matters and that's serving your clients rather than looking for and finding information makes a big difference. Oh, I talked to an attorney just last week who implemented DMS. And he just mentioned how he's been able to pass on savings to his clients from being able to reduce the time it takes him and his partners to locate and find documents, especially when they're on the road, um, on, on site with clients, et cetera. So what are the key parts of the DMS system that allow the attorneys to find documents more quickly? Mm-hmm. So without a document management system, you would need very strict protocols on how and where different people are saving their documents. So if you have a shared drive and whatnot, um, kind of the structure of the document um, names and how they're saved and their profiles. And I know a lot of attorneys who say that there's one person at their firm who knows where everything is and they go to them to find a document. A document. And so a DMS creates a systematic way to profile documents based on criteria such as client and matter, which makes it very easy to see all the documents related to a specific matter on, on one screen, which we call matter centricity. And, and so it just, and then everything's full text searchable. So if you want to find a document related to a matter, you can find it there um, by searching for the documents related to that matter, or you can search for any text in that document and quickly find what you're looking for. And when we're talking like search functionality on a on a DMS system, uh, and and I'm talking modern DMS systems now, uh, is that search functionality fairly quick? And where does it take place? I mean, are, are is it a database, an Excel file sheet, or how are people conducting their searches to to find the information? Yeah, so there, most document management systems will have a built-in search engine which indexes every single document you put in, document, email, um, whether it be a PDF, whether it be a Microsoft Office document. And so everything is indexed, um, every word, every um, item in that document. And so later when you search it, you can search for um, title. You can do an advanced search generally where you can search for different um, criteria in their profile, such as a matter number or a date created or a modified by field. And so you can really drum down the search to get really specific on what you're looking for. And I, I, when, I, when you were t- talking about that search functionality and mentioned the ability to search uh, PDFs, I mean, uh, yeah. uh, well, one thing I wanted to make a point about that is I assume that, I mean, PDFs in, at some level are just images. So how do you search uh, the PDFs if they're just an image? Yeah, that's a good question. So there's a thing called OCR which is optical something recognition. Um, right. The, the exact thing. But anyway, when you all new scanners will have OCR capabilities. So you just have to make sure when you're scanning in those documents that 
that is turned on on your scanner. And so as it scans it in, it will make that text readable in that image. Okay. And, uh, and then it becomes all text searchable. Yeah. I, right. And I, I understand that most document management systems also include the ability to integrate like the emails. So you have basically all this, these different digital uh, information sources available in a document management system. Yeah. So I think most people use Outlook. Um, and so most document management systems, the main ones, will have an integration with Outlook that allows you to save emails or email attachments um, directly from Outlook into your document management system. And so the way NetDocuments does it, um, as an example, is you can either drag and drop within Outlook, so it'll show your NetDocuments folders in your left pane, and so you uh -huh. drag and drop, or you can um, profile them based on a matter or client. And so you can use a drop-down list, find the matter that you want to save that to, and it'll save it to a correspondence folder or a folder that you have predetermined. And I think a lot of the document management systems are similar in that regard. And in, in that way, you get a basically a full uh, search and uh, functionality for all the information related to a particular matter if you need that. Is that yeah, right? so your searches aren't disjointed. So I got to go search my emails for something, then I'm going to go search my documents, then I'm going to go search my other correspondence. So it's all in one place, one centralized repository. And based upon that that centricity, I mean, it seems to me like uh, that probably brings us up to that question of, is that one of the important aspects of attorneys getting return on investment for document management systems? And how, when, when attorneys are talking to you about return on investment and whether this is going to pay off, what, how do you um, explain to them what the criteria should be for uh, calculating that and how they should think about calculating return on investment. Yeah, so I mean, return on investment is always a tricky thing because there's, they are, there are so many variables. But I think the number one thing is, is efficiency. And so when you're looking for documents, if you're using a shared drive on your network um, or any other way to do it without a document management system, um, you're not going to be as quick. The documents aren't going to be profiled based on that matter centricity, as you mentioned. So in a, a DMS, a document management system, anywhere you are, be it on the in the car, on site with a client, um, you can search for your documents um, and find them or pull up that matter if you're working on a specific matter and see all the documents and emails corresponding to that matter. And so what goes along with efficiency, I think, is it also um, to go along with efficiency and the speed of finding documents is the speed of saving documents and emails. So once you've set up a folder or a workspace for a client, when you save new documents to that folder, they will automatically inherit the profile information or metadata for that client or matter. And so you can save it um, to a file that's already automatically profiled and easy to find later. And I think all this is magnified when you're working together with other people. And so um, things are systematic. You know, you can monitor what other people are doing on documents and, uh, work together really seamlessly. Yeah, I'll mention one quick other thing, I guess, is um, is kind of your service level agreement with your provider. So I uh -huh. think, especially with the new move to cloud computing and software as a service, um, your service provider will guarantee that your service will be up and running. And if it is not, they'll have um, a stipulation in there. They'll give you consideration for the time you lost out not being able to access your documents. So I think that's another, and that's an important thing when looking into a document management system, is to make sure those agreements are 
set up in that way. It was, seems to me like uh, increasingly as as some of the companies move into the cloud, and I know NetDocuments is there, a lot of times uh, increasingly they seem to be providing um, uh, the ability to have those documents available locally too, at least on a, on a perceived as-needed basis. Is that Yeah, correct? so I think it's important to have local access because um, Internet though it's getting better and much more reliable than it was just five years ago, um, there are times when we lose our internet access. And so um, what NetDocuments does, for example, is a web-based um, document management service, is we locally cache on your computer for a specified number of days or locally save the most recent documents you've worked on. So let's say I want to keep the documents I've worked on for the last 15 days saved in a temporary file on my computer. So if the internet were to go down, I can go to that folder work on the document, save it, and once the internet comes back up, it'll sync back up into my document management and made available for others in the organization. So there's safeguards like that that the web-based providers of document management and other legal applications have to, to safeguard from that. Now, it always strikes me that it, it kind of interestingly enough, I think that the return on investment is probably higher for firms who have invested little in in scanning and paperless office and file electronic file organization uh, than those that are you know further along in the process, just because of the amount of time wasted in attorneys' offices on finding paper documents and being able you know to quickly locate and use uh, documents because you know I mean I've a been a practicing attorney, and I know this process of you know looking through uh, the files on your desk, then going to the secretary's uh, desk and looking on her pile, and then finally going over to the filing cabinet and and you know spending hours doing this. It, what's your kind of uh, uh, I guess experience with what firms have the highest rate of return on their investment? Yeah, so definitely a firm that doesn't um, have yeah. If you're if you're based in paper still. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely kind of a game changer because, yeah, I mean, if you're based on paper, you're tied to your office. And I think in today's world, that's really difficult to be able to only work from one um, place or carry a briefcase around full of paper. And then there's security risks tied into that, um, carrying around a briefcase full of paper, which um, we all know. So I think, that, yeah, definitely there. But also someone that's just using a shared drive, they're paying so much for someone to manage that, or they're managing it themselves, wasting their time um, focusing on technology rather than their bread and butter work, which is servicing, servicing their clients. So I think even there, there's a big ROI in terms of efficiency where you're letting a document management service handle all this back-end work of um, saving your documents, making sure they're profiled, making sure that they're accessible at any time. One of the other things that I find a lot when I go into law firms' offices is, you know, especially if they're not very sophisticated on this stuff, is um, a lot of uh, documents will be uh, stored on local drives. Uh, everyone will uh, have different naming conventions and so forth uh, related to documents. Uh, they'll have, you know, cases uh, organized under each attorney rather than as a centralized uh, case management system. Um, how does how do document management systems address you know this desire by some attorneys to like store things locally and you know and and use their own naming convention because you know basically they're not interested in sharing the wealth of information with the rest of the firm and so forth 
Yeah. So I actually talked just um, a couple weeks ago to a firm in New Orleans called Kuwik Partners, and they brought together 11 attorneys who all came from different firms, and they all came together, started a new firm, and each of them had their own filing method. And whenever the attorneys needed to work together on something, it was really difficult to know where the document was stored um, and to find that document because of all these different naming conventions. And so um, Jason, one of the partners at the firm that I've become um, friends with, it basically told me that their whole universe of documents, um, after they put in the document management system, is now available to everyone in the firm without having to click and search through hundreds of folders and arcane truncated file names, as you mentioned. And it just made them a lot more efficient and cohesive than they were before. And I think for those attorneys that are worried about um, putting something in a centralized repository that anyone can get to, um, a document management system will give the ability to modify access rights. So if you want to say only the partners can see this, especially if they're internal compensation documents or something like that, that you only want a few people to see, um, you can restrict who sees that document. Um, so I can limit it to myself and my secretary or myself and another partner in the firm. And so I can really control the security around each document, around each folder, and around um, the repository as a whole. Great. Um, it's time for a quick break uh, and a word from our sponsor, uh, interyourhours.com, firm manager from LexisNexis and SunTrust. When we return, more from, with Danny Johnson. Has the recent economic climate affected the financial goals of your firm? Get back on track with help from SunTrust. Our private wealth management legal specialty group works solely with lawyers and their firms to deliver unique solutions designed for the legal community. SunTrust advisors give you sound guidance on everything from maximizing cash flow and waiting through benefits planning to understanding how to retain attorneys and staff. Learn more at www.suntrust.com legal. SunTrust. Live solid. Bank solid. SunTrust Bank. Member FDIC. EnterYourHours.com is the online legal billing software solution that's taken the legal community by storm. EnterYourHours.com has all the advanced features you expect from your legal billing system. But for those of you who just want a simple way to bill, EnterYourHours.com has you covered too. The software is ready to go with easy-to-follow online help, and the default settings will have you sending professional invoices in minutes. Try EnterYourHours.com's fully functional free trial. There's no credit card required and absolutely no obligation. And don't forget that Legal Talk Network customers receive a 10% lifetime discount by typing Legal Talk in the promotional code field when you sign up. Thanks for tuning into our program today. We want to let you know about something extraordinary happening in the legal industry. Right now, hundreds of independent attorneys just like yourself are working to bring a very special product to market. These attorneys are part of a development program at LexisNexis, and they are working under NDA on a brand new application that will change the way you run your practice. This solution, LexisNexis Firm Manager is a web-based, highly secure application operating in SAS 70 Type 2 attested data centers. If you are interested in test driving LexisNexis Firm Manager at no charge, or to learn more, visit www.myfirmmanager.com. If you like listening to the Unbillable Hour, 
You might also like the podcast, New Solo on LegalTalkNetwork.com. Welcome back to the Unbillable Hour on Legal Talk Network. I'm Rodney Dowd, joined by Danny Johnson from Net Documents. Uh, Danny, I just wanted a, a couple other things. You know, I love document management systems, but maybe even for me personally, I, I work very hard to get attorneys to implement case management systems. And I was wondering, do most of the document management systems uh, that you're familiar with, do they work with with some of the case management systems? And can you explain to our listeners how that works and or, or if it does work? Yeah, it definitely works. I think it's really important. We kind of bring in, been bringing this up a couple of times, but the whole idea of matter centricity. And so when you're in a case management system and you're looking at something regarding a matter or a case or a client, um, the great thing about integrating with a document management system is along with all that information about that client, you can see their documents on the same page. And so in one view, you're seeing everything related to a client. And you can access those documents right there, even correspondence. You can see the correspondence regarding that client. And so um, I think that's a, the best way that they integrate. And I think with the major document management systems, which um, we might get to in a bit, but uh, most of them will integrate. So especially with like LexisNexis is uh, Time Matters. And then a lot of the newer web-based ones, such as Clio or Advologix. Um, I know for us, we have an integration with Advologix which is a practice management case management system that lets you kind of have, as I described, all your documents related to a client or matter there on the page. And then we're in, in we're talking with Clio and a couple of the other providers to build integrations, which should happen soon and which should be um, really cool. And so, yeah, other document management systems um, that are, have been around for a while and, and that are server-based um, have a lot of integrations with other server-based practice management systems as well, which is, which is nice for law firms to have all that information kind of tied together and not in these siloed environments. Great, which it must make the, I mean, talk about matter-centric, you know, it's just, yeah. it must be so helpful when you have both the case management and the documents all available from one one location. Yeah, definitely. And I think a lot of, I talked to a firm last week, I don't know if this is very popular, but they use a time and billing system and they use Outlook kind of as a matter management to uh-huh. kind of see everything. And so I think that's another way to integrate your docu- documents and emails together is in Outlook, being able to talk with your document management system and save, e- save emails and attachments in there. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's not uh, something that I generally uh, yeah. suggest using Outlook because, you know, in many, it doesn't do very good reporting for case management and so forth. But I think the reality of the situation is that probably, you know, 50% or more of the uh, firms out there do use Outlook as their case management system. So we we have to talk about it, whether <laughs> whether we think yeah. it's appropriate or not. But, uh, you know, based on, uh, it seems to me like where, where we're going with the document management systems now is kind of the cloud-based uh, SAAS uh, services like yours, Net Documents, and some of the more traditional uh, document management systems. Can you just tell our listeners some of the major players out there in the in the industry? Yeah, so um, one of the major players, I guess, is the Windows folder directory and shared drive. It's kind of like the outlook of case management where, I mean, people do it, but it's not the best practice. Um, 
Then there's the on-premise or server-based document management systems. And I think large law firms, it's more iManage and OpenText are the big names. And then in small to medium-sized firms, it's WorldDocs, who's been around and um, has a nice product. And they've actually, I believe, released a kind of a hosted version. And so it's kind of like a cloud computing version of their, their system as well, um, which is interesting. And then in the SaaS or cloud, DM, cloud document management, um, NetDocuments um, is where I work. Um, we've been around since 1999 doing web-based document management. And then there's a segment of users, small solo attorneys who like these freemium applications like Dropbox, which are popular, which sync files between a PC and a, uh, multiple PCs um, from the cloud. And some people like those. There's some security issues and um, control issues with that as well. But they provide good mobile access to documents if you don't have a document management system. And so I think in the small to medium-sized market, um, which I think most of your listeners are, um, it's WorldDocs if you want a server and you want to host your stuff. And then there's NetDocuments for the kind of SaaS, or just software as a service, or cloud computing. I I mean, I, th- I, th- I think that's uh, right. I mean, it seems to me a, a very good summary of the of the major players. And uh, and I'm like you. It's like, you know, kind of using Internet or the uh, Windows Explorer and Dropbox are kind of um, common as mm-hmm. as systems and not very effective. Uh, but uh, because of the control issues, it seems to me, and the automation and the searchability uh, of the of the functionality, but maybe more importantly is the security issues. And obviously, as a as a cloud provider, uh, security issues always must come up as a, um, a, a part of the conversation with attorneys. Can you just explain how most of the higher quality uh, cloud providers are addressing the issue of uh, you know uh, security of documents going across the internet and where they're held and so forth? Yeah, definitely. So I think an important thing is to make sure that the documents are encrypted, not only in storage, but also in transit, um, which is important as it's going across the, the web. But uh, And then the storage, a lot of cloud providers will just store it like an Amazon cloud where you don't really know where your documents are. They could be anywhere in the Amazon servers, um, anywhere in the world. Um, then there's kind of a private cloud model, not necessarily private, but where you know where the data centers are. So... Um, I know in documents, so I'll use them as an example. Um, all of our documents are stored at the LexisNexis data center in Ohio, and then we have a backup redundant data center at a bank in Salt Lake City. So I think to make sure that the data is stored in geographically dispersed locations um, to avoid any disaster issues. And then um, some people like to know where their documents are, and so that's another um, important issue. And then I think with the service level agreements and contracts, it's just important to make sure you know kind of who owns the data, um, make sure there's a plan in, in case the cloud provider, something were to happen to them, um, they were sold to someone who decided to shut them down or they were to go out of business for any kind of reason. I think it's important to, to have a backup plan. And I think most providers have a plan with the data center that's storing the data to stay up for a specified amount of time, like six months or eight months, to say, hey, if anything happens to us, you're... Um, required to stay to keep the servers up and running for a specified amount of time to let the users um, react and get their work out. That, that's all. Yeah, that's very helpful. And I think you know one of the important things, obviously, I think 
among the multitude of things that you mentioned there that were important was the terms of service and how important I think it is for attorneys to go ahead and read these terms of services if they're going to put their documents uh, or transmit information across these internet services. I mean, it's a great tool, but you have to know what who who's controlling the information if it's traveling across in an encrypted fashion and so forth. Yeah, definitely the attorneys love contracts, right? So yeah, um, <laughs> they don't like, but they don't want to read them for themselves. <laughs> they yeah. just read them for clients. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. But uh, but it is an, an important point. And just a, kind of a final point on this is, you know, and you talked you you talked about this a little bit, but just to I want to clarify it a little bit. Now, when we're talking about using cloud providers. Uh, and the information traveling across the internet in encrypted fashion, are the high-quality cloud providers actually encrypting it on your computer and then it's transmitted across to the server in encrypted fashion? And how do they know if that's happening? Yeah, so, I mean, on your computer, you're going to open it up locally. So if you've got, most people use, I think, Microsoft Office for documents. And so you'll open up your document um, using one of these applications on your computer. So you open up, work on it on your PC. Um, it's not necessarily encrypted on your PC, but it's not going to be stored there for long. So um, it's going to be, once you save it, it's up and you close it out, save it, it's uploaded back into the cloud. And so in transit, I think it's important to make sure that that data is always encrypted. And then as it sits in storage, um, definitely. And I think there's a important um, idea also that to have that, uh, the people that can have access to the application that build the application don't have access to the data center where the data is stored and vice versa. So the people in the data center um, running the computers and the servers have no way to kind of use that information because they don't have access to the application that it needs to open it and right. vice versa. That's a, that's an excellent point. Well, listen, we need to wrap this up today, but what I'd like to uh, give you a chance to do, uh, Danny, is to give us any of your final thoughts and a little uh, tell our listeners where they can contact you and learn more about your uh, uh, about net documents. Yeah, so I guess one final thought is a big trend is kind of a con- the consumerization of business applications, and so we know it's so easy to share share photos of, of friends and and share details about our personal lives. And I think that same simplicity and functionality is moving over to our business applications. And I think the web and the cloud has kind of brought that into play. So I think that's a cool trend to watch and see the simplicity of sharing sharing information and files in a secured and safe way is cool. But uh, so, um, yeah, I'm Danny. Um, I work at NetDocuments. I can be reached at djohnson at netdocuments.com or on Twitter at Danny M. Johnson, my Twitter feed. So um, that's where you can reach me. And then NetDocuments has a Twitter as well, at NetDocuments. And then you can email for more information, sales at NetDocuments.com. Great, Danny. Thanks so so much for being our guest today. It's always a pleasure, and I look forward to uh, seeing further innovations from NetDocuments. It's been great. 
That does it for this edition of the Unbillable Hour. And remember, you can subscribe to all editions of this podcast at LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. And you can find out more about me, Rodney Dow, at MassLowMap.org, at our uh, law practice advisor blog, MassLowMap.blogspot.com, and on Twitter at, at Rodney Dow, where I hope we can continue this discussion in 140 characters or less. I hope you'll join us again in the next on Billable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast. Thank you. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to the Unbillable Hour, the Law Practice Advisory Podcast with Attorney Rodney Dowell. Join us again for the next edition right here on the Legal Talk Network. Learn by doing with Practicing Law Institute's award-winning on-demand interactive programs. Developed by experts in learning design, these immersive programs incorporate the latest in research-based instructional design and technology, allowing you to try out concepts, challenge yourself, and grow your skills using real-world scenarios. With programs focusing on professional development, client-facing skills, and law practice management, you can earn CLE while you learn. Launch now at pli.edu interactive or download PLI's mobile app.